Time for Overlook Stocks. Let's discuss the movers that you missed in today's session. George Tillis, our contributor from Salt Lake, has a list of some companies that you probably don't know unless you've been watching this segment because George Marine Max is one that we have talked about before. Boats, baby. What's going on? What's the latest? Well, OJ, we know 2020 has been a huge uh, change for people's lifestyles, especially the recreational leisure sector, but H, uh, sorry, HZO or Marine Max is essentially a U.S.-based retailer of boats, uh, recreational boats, yachting, higher-end uh, boats, but also parts, uh, maintenance service, as well as uh, other services that include finance, insurance, and chartering services. So it's sort of a vertically integrated uh, retailer and, of course, operator for uh, for charting services. But uh, the, uh, the boat industry has been a pretty phenomenal one in 2020. So far in 2021, uh, we're seeing some positive trends. Uh, the stock itself, uh, you know, in of itself, is actually up about uh, 200% over the last three years and up uh, over the last year over 300%. So I think this is a situation where we've got uh, huge trends that are following wow. the, uh, the pandemic. We know that uh, boating has been very successful and very popular. Uh, and uh, as of the recent earnings announcement by uh, Marine Max, they demonstrated phenomenal top-line sales growth. I mean, they beat the expectations with about 70% top-line sales growth, beat the adjusted earnings. And comparing the uh, the last quarter reported sales growth of 70%, previously it was about 35%. And just to give you perspective, uh, the total boat sales numbers for 2020, actually found them, uh, were about 311,000 uh, units, and that's about a 12% growth rate. So this is a company that's generating 70% uh, revenue growth, and that's because of not just for boats, because of boats, but also because of services compared to the industry-wide sales numbers of about 12%. Wow. Uh, by the way, as I always like to point out, this is the best possibly ticker in the entire stock market. It's a boat company, and the ticker is HZO, which of course looks like a two, the Z, George. That's the joke. It looks like H2O water. I don't know if I need to walk you through that, but that's my analysis of this company, George. You do the deep digging on the balance sheet. I'll figure out the tickers, okay? <laughs> Sounds good, OJ. I, in fact, I didn't even pick up on that. All right, see, there we go. All right, so that's my value add. George, I actually have something else to say, though, is that today we've got more bullish analysts. Uh, on board with this company. It never got through like 22 bucks for 20 years. This stock's been around for a long time and now it trades at 55. So how do we go about figuring out if the boating trend continues? I mean, we heard from our guests at the top of the show that their de-urbanization theme is still going and I guess you could include this in it. I think so. Okay, so I think the trend is going to continue, but I also suggest that the rate of change in that trend may be decelerating. And so, in all these are good questions. A couple things, and I actually, you know, I found some numbers, not just the number of boats that were sold and the percent change for 2020, but looking at the compound annual growth rate of boating sales uh, historically. Now, 30 years of data is, is a lot of data, it's about 5.5%. So, I think what we're seeing here is tailwinds, definitely the, the COVID tailwinds, but there are some company-specific tailwinds, and that is the ASP, the average selling price. And this is, again, magnified into the higher top-line sales growth numbers relative to competitors, because the average selling price uh, on a unit basis for a Marine Max's products are about 211000 because they, they, they typically cater to the mid to upper end of the scale, including the yachts, whereas on average, the recreational boats are about fifty-five dollars to, to $60,000. So they, they service a higher-priced market, 
the gross margin margins in the industry group are also are very challenged because of non-pricing powers. So they do have some pricing power because of their selling higher end products, but they're also vertically integrated in their services, finance, insurance, and the other uh, aspect of uh, leisure tourism kind of charter services that they offer. Now, the questions are, is it fully valued? And if you look at the price action, I mean, the report itself was phenomenal. I, I can't dispute that, but the price action isn't at new highs. Looking back in March, price was around 61 bucks. So I'd be watching this one potentially for a double top. It hits the 61, starts to roll over. Maybe the trend is over. Maybe we get back to some of those normalized mid-single-digit compound annual growth rates. Maybe the trend is over. But until then, uh, I can't say either way if it's a buy or a sell, and I can't provide any recommendations, but it's just something sure. to notice price-wise relative to the report that we had. We would never ask you for that, George. Okay. Uh, hey, let's go over to a uh, overlooked semiconductor stock, UMC, United Microelectronics. George, are they a parts provider to the larger semiconductors we know, or is this a standalone uh, a semiconductor stock? It's Taiwan-based, right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, fortunately, Oliver, I missed this one. And I don't have a team of analysts. It's just me, George. So, right. fortunately, you do fine, George. Uh, this stock has been – well, thank you. Appreciate it. But the stock itself, I mean, this was a $2 stock back in, in June, and now it's over or close to 10 if not over $10 a share. But uh, this is a semiconductor manufacturer that is, again, a competitor to Taiwan, Semicom Taiwan Semiconductor. It's a foundry which essentially now we can see that these foundry companies, because of the semiconductor shortage, and that shortage exists for various reasons, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, supply disruptions, geopolitics, but also the, uh, the vehicles. Vehicles now are so much more uh, non-analog. In other words, they're more digital and technical. They require more chips. And that's also, again, combined with the uh, pandemic creating this shortage. But this is a company, United Micro, that's been around since uh, 1980. It has about 7% of the total market share globally uh, relative to Taiwan Semiconductor, which is the largest. Now, UMC is the third largest. Taiwan Semi is the largest. 58% market share for Taiwan, 7% for United. So you can actually see how large Taiwan is on a relative basis. But I think right now we're seeing a huge change in, uh, in UMC's uh, gross margin profile. And what I mean by this is going from two to over 10, uh, dollars means there must be a structural shift in the company. It wasn't necessarily because of new contracts, it's because of pricing. Because it only has 7% market share, it hasn't really had the ability to scale its business. It's always operated with gross margins around 25%, which is actually relatively low. And, and that means they're not producing enough volume relative to pricing power in the industry. But if you look at the price action in the stock, it really represents a huge shift in foundry manufacturing pricing power. And that has created a magnified return for a company, which is basically trading at a gross margin level at 30% less than Taiwan. Taiwan's gross margins are around 55%. So mm -hmm. 25 to 25 is a 30% difference. But the, 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 the issue is, and why you're seeing such a big price action move relative to Taiwan, is that we're seeing a magnified impact because of the inelasticity of supply. And uh, this is certainly helping a company which has basically struggled uh, on a competitive basis because it doesn't have scalability. Taiwan is, is essentially so large, $600 billion versus UMC's $25 billion, that more volume equals more profitability because they have lower cost of goods sold, right, right. sold and higher margins. And so 
UMC has been struggling because it hasn't gained enough scalability market share. But once this pricing power took effect, it ratcheted or shifted their entire cost curve. Sorry, their, their revenue curve, but their cost curve hasn't uh, increased commensurably. So, George, is this a short term, those semiconductor supply chain play, basically, where they're having this dynamic work actually in their favor because of this shortage? So I think at the end of the day, this may may be a short-lived move when we look at UMC. I don't necessarily see it as a as a continuing catalyst. It all depends, OJ, on the cycle, the products, as well as when the shortage becomes alleviated. I suggest at the end of the day, you'll see some retracement in the stock, not because it's got a bad fundamental profile. In fact, it does not. It actually has a forward multiple now, less than Taiwan Semiconductor. But like I said, maybe it's justifiably so because it has less of a, of a, of a margin profile or, a, or a, uh, uh, the ability to compete on a margin basis like Taiwan Semiconductor. So I think this, this stock really represents what's going on from an equity standpoint within the semiconductor space. But uh, you know, once these shortages become alleviated, uh, I think we'll see a retracement back to UMC's normalized margin uh, profile. But this isn't there, there's nothing to say that they haven't uh, constructed some deals out there because we know Intel has always been cluing us in in the last year that they look to outsource their foundry. And if UMC right, right. gets a portion of this contract, we could certainly see this structural shift maintained at a higher level. But I think it okay. might be short lived, short lived, meaning maybe a quarter or two or maybe even three. OK, uh, George, really interesting one to keep our eyes on uh, during this period is kind of a proxy for the status of the semiconductor industry. Last one you've got, George, AVNW, uh, Aviat Networks, uh, which is a uh, microwave networking solutions company that bit what like provides uh, wave spectrum for, uh, I don't know what the heck this company ju- does, George. Yeah, it's, it's definitely another <laughs> uh, overlooked one. So Aviat, yeah, it's a network uh, solutions provider company. It's basically a hardware it's also a software, but uh, licensing spectrum is another component of their business. Okay. But they provide network solutions for mobile operators, private networks, uh, which include, let's say, government agency or public safety agencies. They all, they have their own sort of broadband spectrum and private network uh, for communications. Mm. That's the microwave also broadcast part. networking companies like uh, like like this one. Yeah. So they basically manage microwave solutions from a hardware software standpoint, but. It's been around as a company for quite some time. It struggled over the last decade, but it's made a nice move as of recent because over time they actually use some of the reserve cash they've had to acquire licensing spectrum. Two catalysts primarily recently, one, uh, a 5G spectrum deal with Dish Networks. That was a catalyst. The other thing, uh, after that, they raised about $200 million, and about five days later uh, they announced another deal with Afracel, which is basically – uh, a, a 12 million mobile operating subscriber-based uh, uh, cellular company in Africa to build out their 5G network. So I think this is a company that spent a lot of time, uh, you know, basically trying to build its business, accumulate spectrum, but is also now in demand from uh, domestic uh, parties like Dish Network, which is building out their own 5G network. And that company itself has, has accumulated about $20 billion worth of unused spectrum as well, but also international partners like uh, Afrocell in, in Africa. Okay. 
Uh, George, really nice uh, uh, finds today, nice discoveries, some diamonds in the rough perhaps, and maybe some kind of shorter term fluctuations on some of these macro themes with uh, UMC, the chip maker. Uh, but uh, I like the boats, George. That one's easy for me to wrap my head around uh, and a trend that definitely is pretty powerful still. Likewise. Okay, GT, good stuff. You do the data digging, I'll do the ticker analysis. George Tills, we make a good team.